evening, TPC family, and welcome again to our Wednesday night service. We are completing our series on transformational discipleship tonight. I'm really excited to finish this up with you. I hope you've enjoyed watching the, the series and um, learning this process as much as I've enjoyed teaching it. This is one of my favorite teaching segments to do is on discipleship, on especially transformational discipleship, because when it comes to walking with the Lord, we know that God does transform. We know that he transforms, but a lot of times we just don't understand how he transforms. And it is so important for, under, for us to understand the transformation process and how God does that. Because when we understand how God is transforming us, then we can fully look for those ways in our lives, and we can then cooperate in, in a way that is a positive response to what God is doing in our lives. Because sometimes if we don't know how God is transforming us, then we may miss those aspects in our lives where God wants us to respond, but we just don't realize it's the Lord, and we don't realize that it's a vital aspect of how God is transforming us. So that's what we're trying to attempt to do in this series is look at those components, look at those ways, so you can see those in your everyday life. And as you see those, you get to respond to those. And in that response, you get to experience more and more transformation. So that's, that's really the goal of this series. Uh, is, is helping you see that, helping you experience it, and then hopefully helping you teach others how God transforms their life. Not just how he does, but how he can. Because uh, there's a lot of people who uh, have been a Christian for a very long time, and they've not understood the transformation process. And sometimes we inadvertently, we either resist or we just don't cooperate with what God's doing in our lives. So I want to make sure that you, we fully understand that and we fully engage with that so we can, we can experience as much transformation uh, as possible in this process that God has us in. And it is a process. It's, there's no end to this process on this side of eternity. Uh, you know, we don't reach a level of perfection on this side. At some point, you know, when we either go to Jesus or he comes to us, then we hit the perfection level. When we are radically transformed, as, as Paul says, in the twinkling of an eye, where the immortal puts on, or sorry, the mortal puts on immortal and the, corrupt, the corrupted puts on the incorruptible, uh, and we experience that full final transformation. But until then, we're in a process. And as we go through that process, we need to understand what the Lord is up to so we can fully cooperate with that. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to finish this series. You know, we started off talking about what transformational discipleship is. Then we moved into uh, looking at the full gospel. Last week, we talked about the prescription for life, how the Word of God has the power to transform our lives in cooperation with the gospel, moving by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit uses those two primary things, the gospel and the Word of God, to transform us. When we understand how both of those work together and what, what the Holy Spirit's up to, then we really position ourselves to experience that full transformation. So tonight, what I want to talk about is the law of the harvest. 
now that we have a basic understanding of how God transforms us, we need a, a, an understanding of the process itself and how we can cooperate in that long-term process, because it is a lifelong process. It never stops. It never ends. So in that process, what do we need to do in order to make sure we position ourselves to experience that full transformation that Jesus offers. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight in the law of the harvest. But before we do, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for each and every person who is listening. I just pray, Lord, you would give them ears to hear, eyes to see. You would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, your ways, your purposes, how much you love them, and Lord, how you are in the process right now of transforming their lives. And I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So tonight, as I said, we're going to talk about the law of the harvest. But before I get into the specifics of that, I want to do a really quick recap of what we talked about last week in regards to the prescription for life, but how God transforms us through the power of the word of God and the, the components that are involved in that transformation process. Because re remember, in this whole thing, we've been talking about God's inside out transformation it's from the internal to the external not the external to the internal you know one of the things i said from the very beginning is that christianity is not a behavioral modification program it is a life transformation process and when we understand that process and how it happens then we can really understand how god transforms us first inside and then how we can see that internal transformation become an external manifestation. So as I've done in the past few weeks, uh, if you haven't figured this out, I love to draw uh, in the sense of illustrations. So I'm going to share my iPad screen here, and we're going to look at this process again. I want to recap some of the things we talked about last week. So let me go over just a couple of those components. Now, what we've done over these last three weeks, we've looked at the three elements that all of us have. And I've illustrated those with three circles. And those circles are representing the body, the soul, and in the middle is the spirit. Now, if you remember in week one, we talked about the fact that the spirit is the core, obviously, but when we're born, we have that spiritually genetic disease called sin that's at our core. But the thing that Jesus does for us in the gospel is he removes that sin and replaces it with his righteousness. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that righteousness, what we want it to do is to impact our soul. Now when I'm talking about the soul, what I'm talking about is the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's us. It's our personality. It's who we are. It's the way we think, the way we feel, and the desires that we have within us. Well, we also talked about the fact that because of that sin sickness that we're born with, 
that sin sickness infected our soul and it infects the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act. And ultimately, these little X's, all they are is lies that we believe about ourselves, about others, about reality, about God, just lies. And it's these lies that are the foundation of the sinful action that we usually call sin. And this is what we tend to focus on, is the action. But the reality is, this is the, the root of the action, uh, root of the sin, rather, and this is the fruit of the sin. So if we want to change the fruit, we have to go after the root. One of the things we talked about last week was the power of the Word of God to transform our lives. We talked about the Bible. The verse we looked at was Hebrews 4.12 which says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner, <clears throat> excuse me, or a revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And what we talked about last week was the goal of the Bible is not to inform you. Most people read the Bible to try and get information and to feed their mind. But last week, one of the things we talked about was that the number one goal of the Bible is to transform you. Then it's to inform. And then finally, so you have transformation, information, and then the third is revelation. So the way the Bible transforms you is not by feeding your mind first, but by feeding your spirit first. And if you remember, we talked about the aspect of it being spiritual medicine, and that as you feed your spirit, that Holy Spirit takes the, the Word of God and begins to infect in a good way your soul and it begins to go after these lies. Remember that that part of Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner or a revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It reveals these lies that we believe. Then it shows us the truth of our righteousness and the truth of the word of God that speaks the truth over us. And now we have a choice. We're going to continue to believe the lie or we're going to continue to believe the truth. And that's part of that transformation process. Because once the word of God begins to eradicate the lies we believe, guess what goes with that? Well, it's the sinful action. Because the lie is what's driving that sinful action. And because that sinful action is something that is driven by something else, when we get rid of that root, the fruit naturally goes away as well. And this is not an aspect of willpower. This is an aspect of transformation by the power of Jesus Christ, which is the only way we can be transformed. Now, we also talked about the other three layers, if you will, or, or characteristics that parallel the body, the soul, and the spirit. If you remember, on the outside, we had behavior, and this is what we all tend to focus on. I want my behavior to change. 
Well, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that behavior is a function of character. And character is a function of identity. So if I want my behavior to change, I need a character change. If I want my character to change, character to change, I need an identity change. Ultimately, I needed an identity transformation. And that's exactly what the gospel does. It gives us a true righteous identity. And that identity now becomes the foundation of character transformation, which becomes the foundation of behavior transformation. And that's what we want. We want to see our behavior transformed, but we can't go after the behavior because the behavior isn't the issue. The behavior is uh, sort of a byproduct of our character flaws, and our character flaws are a byproduct of believing a false identity. Because as a Christian, the gospel has made us whole and complete and righteous in his sight. Jesus took that sin court out, and he replaced it with a brand new identity, an identity that has made us whole and complete and righteous. You know, Paul tells us in Second uh, Corinthians that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And that's exactly what happens in the gospel. Our identity is transformed into a righteous identity. Now, what we need to see is a transformation in our soul based on the new identity. Well, these X's, these, these lies that we believe are based on the old identity. So these lies that we believe, these X's are the, what, what the Bible calls the old sinful nature, the old man, the flesh. These things are, are based on the old identity of who we used to be. And we still think that way. We still feel that way. And we still have those old desires. This transformation process is God bringing in this new identity, the new man. And this war that takes place in our soul is that transformation process where the new man is brought to the forefront and the old man is set behind. That's what the transformation process is all about. And the thing about it is it takes time. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, if, you know, if this is the first time you're seeing this, I encourage you to go back the, the last couple of weeks and rewatch those uh, messages. That'll give you a much deeper understanding of what we're showing here so you can fully understand this. But tonight, what I want to do is just a quick recap. And now I want to talk about the actual process, the, the timeline, and how this takes place. Because once we understand the process, and how it takes place, now we need to understand the process in when it takes place, the, the, the timeline and watching it develop in our lives. So a new illustration I wanna show you tonight is a timeline. So these, these lines here, if you will, represent our beginning or our birth. And then over here is death. When we go to Jesus, and in the middle is a timeline, okay? Now, at some point in our lives, if, if we're Christians, we encounter the Lord. We have that encounter with Jesus. We come to the cross, and Jesus transforms our spirit. That's where we, we're given that brand new identity, right? Where 
we come to Jesus, we accept that free gift of salvation, and we begin a new life in Christ. Now, before this takes place, we are sowing seeds in our lives. Now, because we are born in sin and we have this sin nature, the seeds are bad seeds because we don't have the ability to do anything good. You know, Paul tells us in Romans that there is none that does good, no, not one. There is none that is righteous. No one is righteous. So all the seeds we plant are not the good seed, and we end up reaping, right, the bad. So we plant the bad seed, and we reap the bad harvest. Now, here's the thing about the law of the harvest, and this is really based on Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Now, in these verses, Paul says that do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, so also shall he reap. Therefore, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not quit. So if we don't quit, at some point we're going to reap a harvest. And, and the, the implication by Paul is, hey, don't quit doing the good stuff because you're going to reap a good harvest. Here's the challenge. Now, here's this, this is where it comes in in regards to what we're talking about in the Christian life and the transformation process. There's three things I want to talk about in regards to the law of the harvest. Number one, and Pastor Jeff, uh, he does a phenomenal job summarizing the law of the harvest, and I'm going to use that here. Number one, uh, based on Galatians 6, 7 through 9, is you reap what you sow. So you reap what you sow. You know, that's that's pretty obvious. Number two, here's, here's where this gets some depth into it. So first of all, you reap what you sow later than you sow. So there's, there's an important part right there, later than you sow. And then number three, more than you sow. So we see this in nature, right? <clears throat> a farmer goes out, he takes a handful of seed, you know, whether it be corn or wheat, or, you know, even if you do this in your backyard, you take a bunch of seed and, and sow grass, or maybe you sow vegetables or whatever. Well, you put out a bunch of seed, but the harvest that comes in is greater than the seed itself, but it comes in later. You know, when you go out and you sow a bunch of seeds, you don't walk out the next day and say, where's my harvest? You know, it takes time. And here's the key in the Christian life in regards to these three characteristics of the law of the harvest. As we were showing you here, you're, we're, before Christ, we're sowing bad seeds and we start reaping a bad harvest. So below the line is where we're sowing and above the line is where we're reaping, Okay. Now, when we come to know Jesus for the very first time in our lives, we're able to start sowing good seed. Now, it's not perfect. You know, we don't perfectly sow good seed with no bad seed. It's sort of a mixture. Ideally, you know, we want more good than we have bad, but nobody's perfect. And it's the process is not, 
excuse me, about perfection. So we got some bad seeds in there, but ideally we have more good seed than bad. Here's the big challenge. On the right side of the cross, because we reap later than we sow, these bad seeds here that we're sowing here are going to show up over here because we <clears throat> reap later than we sow. And the challenge comes in while we're sowing new good seeds, we're still reaping the old bad seeds because you reap later than you sow. And you also reap more than you sow, later than you sow. <clears throat> so we have these seeds coming in to harvest here while we're still sowing some good seed. Eventually, as Paul says in verse 9, if we don't quit, we will reap a harvest. And we eventually start reaping some good seed. Here's the big challenge. It's right in this window, okay? In this window, this is my number. <clears throat> it's not scientific by any stretch of the imagination. But based on my experience, this is where 90% of Christians quit. I don't mean give up on salvation. <clears throat> I mean give up on doing the good things. Because as we're sowing the good seeds, we're still reaping the harvest of the old bad ones. And that bad harvest, at some point, starts weighing on us. And, and we start thinking, I, I'm not sowing enough good seed, or I just... I sow the good seed, but nothing happens. And we start believing the old lies that, you know, maybe I'm just not good enough. Or, you know, God just really doesn't love me. Or I can't do this. Or it doesn't work. All those different things. So we get to a point where we're, we're tempted to give up on the old seed. Or, sorry, give up on the good seed. On sowing this good seed. And then we start getting lazy and we start sowing the bad seeds again. Well, eventually, this good seed will start producing a good harvest. But if we kind of gave up and we started going back to the bad seed, eventually, well, guess what? That bad seed is going to start showing up again. And what happens is we get into this cycle of sowing good seed for a while and then we start reaping the bad harvest because it's coming in from before. And then we start sowing the bad seed again. And we just kind of live in this cycle of sowing good seed and then bad seed. And we just kind of live an average Christian life. Because we never sow the good seeds long enough to reap the good harvest. That's what Galatians 7, 9 tells us. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Because if we do get to a point where we start sowing good seed consistently over time, we will start reaping a good harvest over time. And yes, there's still some bad we sow and there's still some bad we reap. But the vast majority is going to be good. We've got to make it to this point 
where we're past that 90% window and we're actually getting momentum. We're seeing progress. We're seeing transformation take place. That's the hardest part of Christianity right here is doing this process and getting past this 90% window. So how do you do that? How do you get out of that cycle? Now, this isn't, I know I have it illustrated here right after, you know, the encounter with Jesus. Well, this could happen out here as well. I mean, you could be in this cycle out here where you gave up on doing good and you start sowing bad, you know, you're still reaping some good. And then all of a sudden the bad comes in and you end up in this cycle, you know, out here and you start living in that cycle, you know, and you've been a Christian for 20 years. It, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is not when it happens. The point is that if it has happened or is happening in your life right now, there is a way out of it. There is a way to get out of that cycle and to get out of the mediocre or average or lukewarm Christian life. <clears throat> so how do you do that? Well, first of all, we need to understand the transformation process, which is what the last three weeks have been all about, is how does God transform you? Again, I encourage you to go back and watch those, because when you understand how it happens, then you understand that there's a foundation of what you need to do to position yourself to experience that transformation. And last week, we talked about that prescription for life, that one-year plan, intentionally reading the Bible for transformation, not just information, and doing that consistently over time, uh, spending time with Jesus on a consistent basis. So here's what I want to talk about uh, real quick in regards to the process. Uh, this is sort of what I call the, the formula for successful seed planting, if you will, if you want to put all on this, uh, put all that together. And he, here's a very simple formula. I, I know there's no formulas in Christianity, but if there were, here's one. And it's based on this process timeline. All it takes is consistency. If, if you will be consistent over time, that's what, that's what this is here. If we'll just be consistent over time and sowing good seeds, just like Paul says in Galatians 9. If we're consistent, if we maintain consistency over time, that will equal progress. And that's what we want to see. We want to see progress in this transformation. If we continuously see progress take place over time, that will equal success. And what is success in the Christian life? Well, it's the abundant Christian life. It's walking in purpose. Uh, it's, your, it's fulfilling your kingdom purpose. That's, that's what success in the Christian life is all about. God created you on purpose for a purpose. In order to walk in that purpose, you need to be consistent over time, which will lead to progress. And then if we maintain progress over time, that leads to success, which leads to walking in your kingdom purpose. It sounds simplistic, but it is very it is very much that simple. It's not easy to do because being consistent in doing good 
and doing the basics. And when I talk about doing good, here's what I'm talking about. Just in this context, there's a lot of good we can do. In this specific context, what I'm talking about is spending time with Jesus on a consistent basis and being in the Word of God on a consistent basis. Those two things, if you will be consistent with those over time, you will see progress. And if you are working, walking in that progress over time, you will see success. I guarantee it. I've seen it in my life. I've helped other people experience it in their lives. This is it. This is the key. If we'll just consistently do that over time, we will see progress in our lives. And I guarantee you, you will experience a transformation that you've been looking for all your life. Uh, God will begin to deliver you from those old sinful habits. You will see a change in your character because the identity that you have in Christ now will begin to spill out into your soul and transform your character, which will then transform your behavior. And then you are walking in a transformed life, which is success in the sense of that transformed life needs you to do the things that will fulfill your kingdom purpose. That's it. It's, it really is just that simple. Uh, again, it's not easy, but that is how God transforms your life. And that's what transformational discipleship is all about. And that's what we've been talking about over these last four weeks is the importance of transformational discipleship, how the gospel is the foundation for that, how the word of God plays in with that, and how the Holy Spirit takes both the gospel and the word of God to begin that transformation process. And tonight, as we've talked about the law of the harvest, if we will be consistent over time, we will see progress. And if we'll maintain progress over time, we will see success. And that's exactly what Paul promises in Galatians 6, 9, that let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not quit. So I encourage you, uh, if you found yourself in a cycle where you're just kind of living that average, mediocre, lukewarm Christian life, uh, get, get some consist consistency in your life with spending time with Jesus and being in the Word. Just start there. And the Holy Spirit will use that, along with the gospel, to be, begin that transformation process in a way you never thought was even possible. And you can experience that yourself. It, it's, it's a promise of the Word of God. It's a promise of Jesus. He said he, he came to bring, bring us life and life abundantly. And it is a promise that he will deliver. So I hope you've enjoyed this series. I hope you've had a transformation in your understanding of how God transformed your life. And I hope that transformation leads to you putting yourself in a position to experience more transformation by Jesus. Uh, that's, that's the end right there. It's, it's, uh, it's a simple process, and I encourage you to give the Lord an opportunity to transform your life by being consistent in it. So again, thank you for being with us. Um, we hope you've enjoyed these messages and all the messages that we bring here from Turning Point Church uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, for those of you who have been financial partners with us, we thank you for that because without your partnership, we wouldn't be able to do this. And if you'd like to partner with us here at Turning Point Church, there's three ways you can do that. You can 
Visit us online at tpcfamily.org slash give. You can text the word give to 817-617-4378, or you can mail us here at Turning Point Church at 10,700 Old Burleson Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76140. So let me pray for you as we come to a close. And uh, I just want to pray that the Lord encourages you to position yourself to be consistent to experience the transformation he promises. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for the wisdom of the word of God. I thank you for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out. And I pray for each and every person, uh, Lord, that has watched these series, these messages. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and, and that you, Father, would supernaturally reveal to them that they themselves can experience this transformation, that hope is not lost, that you are still powerful, that Jesus is still in the transformation business, and they can be transformed if they will consistently put themselves in a position to experience that transformation. And Lord, I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Uh, again, I hope you've enjoyed the series, and I look forward to seeing you again here online and in person on Sunday mornings here at Turning Point Church. God bless.